Welcome to Wandering in Hope. Now here's Madisonville Church of God pastor, Josh Benson. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Josh, pastor at Madisonville Church of God in Madisonville, Tennessee. All right, so picking back up with this theme, God with us, I'm going to do a couple more videos and I want to hash this out a little bit more. Because I really do believe this is the greatest revelation in all of the universe. God, the reality of the presence of God in your life. God is with you. All right. So the greatest lie that I was ever told at the most dark moment of my life is that I was alone. The greatest truth that I ever figured out, that I was ever told, that I ever learned, was that the exact opposite was true, that I was never alone. Never, ever, ever, ever alone. That God was always there. You know, loneliness is something in society that is looked on with a great deal of disdain and and uh, begrudged and and weird. It weirds people out, you know. Uh, especially if you're, you know, you get up in your late twenties, early thirties, and you're single and you're alone, and people's like, "Well, what's wrong with you?" You know, like we, it's true. We do, we we do this. Loneliness is just. Carry, it just carries a negative connotation with it. Uh, singleness is treated sort of like a plague. It's like Kate. Kate said, you know, I've been single for a while. It's actually going pretty good. I think I'm the one. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a psychiatrist that once said, a famous psychiatrist, told the patient, said, well, you know, being with somebody, I mean, Sure, sounds like a great idea. So was getting on the Titanic, right? <laughs> you think it's lonely now? Wait till they bury you, right? You better hope you got Wi-Fi at your tombstone. Your kid's not even going to visit. I mean, it's just uh, lo- loneliness, though. Is is it's not really a joke. It's really something that people deal with, and it's uh, it's detrimental to our health. Uh, it, it lowers our immune system. It depresses our cognitive function. Uh, it retracts us from society, detaches us from relationships. Uh, it makes us inefficient at work. Loneliness has a practical impact on our life for the negative. And I don't believe God really wants you to live in that place. God does not want you to feel alone ever in all of your life. God does not want that. CBS did a survey a few years ago. It was really startling. What they found was they uh, they polled 2,000 Americans. What they found was that they did this on behalf of the Osteopathic Association, uh, released it as a Harris poll, and the goal was to to figure out, like through the Christmas season, how many people really feel detached and alone from from any kind of relationship and meaningful interaction. Because, you know, we've always talked about how a lot of people go through Christmas. Christmas can be the most depressing time of year. So they did this poll. What they found out was that 72% of Americans said, 72% out of 2,000 people said that they had experienced legit loneliness in the last 12 months. One-third of those people said, that it was more than a once-while occurrence, that on a weekly basis that they dealt with loneliness. Think about that. 
I would venture to say that you know somebody in your life, you work with somebody, you got a family member, or you got a close friend, and you may not even know it, but they are dealing with loneliness. Guarantee you, you know somebody. Check this out. There's a lot of names that were given to Jesus in the Bible. There was the name Jesus, which comes from the Hebrew Yehoshua. Yehoshua, which became shortened in the Hebrew to Yeshua. Yehoshua, which is Joshua, translated, literally means God saves. It's a combination of the verb Yeshua and the, and the noun Yahweh. It literally means God saves. So Jesus was given that Greek name, Jesus, all right? Meaning that God comes to save us. That's what Jesus did. He was given the name Christos. Christos in the Greek of Jesus' day was a, was a title that was used to talk about the Messiah, the Davidic king that would one day come. It literally means the anointed one, Christ, as we say it in English today. So he was given this name, Christ, Christos. He was also given the Greek name Kyrios, or the title. Kyrios literally means Lord. Kyrios was, was more of a secular, kingly kind of title. All right, in, in Scripture, when Jesus is called Lord, it really points to the fact that He is King. He has kingship over every nation, tribe, and tongue. Over all of the universe, Jesus stands as King. They called Him Rabbi. Because he was a great teacher. They called him son of man. In fashion of Daniel's uh, uh, divine looking kind of angelic kind of messianic kind of redeemer figure. Jesus called himself son of man. These titles, names, they all explain something about what Jesus did as our deliverer. But there was one name a special name that was given in the birth narrative. And they said that you will name this child Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. As simple as that. So don't ever forget that Jesus is not just Lord. Jesus is not just the Davidic Messiah. Jesus is not just a Savior who died on a cross for your sins, rose three days later and ran away to heaven to live. To live it up with the Lord till the end of time. Kick back in his recliner and put his feet up on his golden ottoman while you go through hell on earth. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus is God with us. And he is with us still today. His Spirit strives with us daily works on us daily, guides us through life daily. This is God's desire and it always has been. When God created the when, when God made the created order, when God made creation, he put Adam and Eve in the garden. What was God's goal? God's goal was that his home and Adam and Eve's home one day would be the same place. That they would live and dwell together nonstop. This is what John envisages in Revelation 21, 1-4 when he says, I saw New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven to earth. The two merge. Heaven and earth one day will merge. Our home will be God's home at that point in time. And then there's the old Levitical formulary where God says there in, in, near the end of that little stanza or that little piece of, of passage and, and uh, God says, I will be your God and you will be my people. 
That's God's goal. That's God's goal for you today is for you to realize His presence in your life. God has never hid from us. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, Preacher, do you believe God still speaks to people? I said, I I believe God doesn't just speak. I believe that God speaks clearly. God doesn't play hide-and-go-seek. You know, sometimes we talk about God like God is a teenager, and we're out at our mom and dad's house, and we're all running around the yard, you know, dark 30, and and God's the one who's doing the countdown over behind the tree, and He's playing hide-and-go-seek with us. You know, like our life. Like, like our tomorrow is a game to Him. That, that's garbage. God, God does not hide from us. God enjoys His revelation and letting His, His glory and His joy and His peace letting it abound in your life. Why? Because God wants to use your life as a light post for His glory so that others can be their best, just like you. Moses told the people in Deuteronomy 4 and 29, he said, If you seek the Lord your God, you will find Him if you look for Him with all your heart and with all your soul. If you're sitting right there, whatever you're doing, if you're driving, don't do this. But pull out your phone right now. Go ahead, pull, pull your phone out. I got my phone right here. Pull it out. Unlock it and tell me, What's your screensaver? Check that out. Mine is mine is a black-tailed deer from Oregon. Okay. It probably should be my wife and kids. I'm going to get in trouble. All right. Check this out. There's a guy. He was flying first class on a short little flight to Denver. He got seated beside this dude, and this dude was on a laptop computer, and he was just working away, you know. And at some point, he looked over at the guy's computer screen, and on his screen, his screensaver was a picture of him and a little boy. So he asked the dude. He said, hey, he says, that's your son. The guy said, yeah. He said, sure is. I can't wait to see him. The guy's like, okay, well, cool. And so he started asking him, started talking about his family, and the guy just kept talking about how he missed his son He couldn't wait to get home and see his son. He loved his son, his only son. He just could not wait to get home. All he could think about was what he was going to do with his son when he got home. The guy finally asked him, he said, Man, said you missed that guy. How long have you been gone? He said, They dropped me off at the airport this morning. (laughs) You know, that's exactly how God feels about you. You're... God's screensaver. You're on God's mind. You're in front of God's face 24-7. God sees you. God desires you. God loves you. Say, Pastor, why is it so hard for me to realize God in my life sometimes? You know, there's times when we just, man, we get in the fog. I mean, we do. I've been there. I think the biggest problem is we get distracted. We get distracted by our problems. We get distracted by goals. We get distracted by all of these hurdles and all of this noise that's in our life and all this garbage, everything around us. We get so distracted when the greatest reality in all the world that God is with us is so close to us. It's so close to us. We could reach out and touch it. And if we would, 
we'd be healed. If we would, we'd find peace. I want to ask you, when is the last time you had a real revelation of God's presence in your life? Think about that. God says in the Bible over and over these simple words, these four words, I am with you. He told Adam and Eve this. He told Noah. He told Abraham. He told Sarah. He told Jacob, Joseph, Moses, David, Mary, the disciples, Paul, and the list goes on and on. Check this out. He told Moses, you know, God had asked Moses to go back to Egypt. He said, I, I got a job for you to do. You need to go back to Egypt. We're going to free my people. And you, you're the man that I'm going to send. <laughs> and Moses, you know, got real hesitant. Moses like, I, you know, I got, I got speech issues. I, I'm not your guy. Probably despondent and beaten down. He had been a somebody in Pharaoh's court and then went to being a nobody living like a nomad in the desert. Moses is like, nah, it ain't, that ain't me, God. You got the wrong guy. And Moses said what? Moses said, count me out. But God said what? God said, I ain't counting you out. I will be with you. I will go with you. In Exodus 13, verse 21, it says, By day the Lord went ahead of them, talking about the children of Israel, in a pillar of cloud to guide them. When Joshua took over leadership, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Joshua 1 and 9, the Lord said to Joshua, Hey man, you got a big job. You're carrying a lot of weight on your shoulders now. It's a huge responsibility. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. I just believe this is for somebody. Somebody out there needs to hear this. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Jesus' last words with His disciples after He gave them the Great Commission, He told them, He said, All right, I'm sending you out into the world to do my mission now. But he said, Surely I am with you always to the end of the age. God is with you right now. And I want to challenge you to just remove the distraction and the noise out of your life and tune in to the Lord. It's a hectic time. It's a crazy time. People deal with a lot during these times. But don't forget the greatest truth behind Christmas. The greatest truth in all of the universe and the entire cosmos is this, that you ain't alone, that God is with us. This is Pastor Josh. Check us out. Subscribe to the podcast. We love you. We appreciate you. I hope to see you in church one Sunday morning. God bless. Peace out.